you're listening to a collective of Mission City Fellowship. Collectives are classes for gathering and growing in grace together. In a collective, there's teaching and sharing from those in attendance, but we purpose to only record the teaching portion of the collective class. May this teaching bless you. May it deepen your understanding and knowledge of the Lord and His Word and lead to your growing affections for the Lord and His people. And so, impact the way we live life with one another at Mission City Fellowship. All right, section one, why we need pneumatology. Pneumatology is simply, if you were just to describe the study of the Spirit. Study of the Spirit. Um, our, our personal church-wide impulses towards the Spirit, when, when the topic of the Holy Spirit comes up, here's a question for you. How do you respond typically? How, when you think back in your life, how have you typically responded to the topic of the Holy Spirit. Um, is it warmly welcomed? Is it a topic cautiously received? Is it a topic fearfully avoided? Or is it a topic passionately rejected? Or has your experience been, or what has your experience been in your church life? Because we can do this, I, I mentioned it here, our personal and church-wide impulses what have been your experiences church-wide? So we, we can all land in different places, um, even, even in a smaller group like this, when we respond to the topic of the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. So what has been your personal history? Warmly welcomed, cautiously received, fearfully avoided, passionately rejected, or maybe you have another one that's added in there that I didn't, didn't put in there. What has been your historical experience, whether personally or church experience. My, my salvation story, we're all supernatural salvation stories. Mine was one of those like hard, going hard one way and then a hard the other way, right? So that lent itself more towards like, whoa, the Lord is supernatural. You know, he can do stuff. So immediately kind of starting there, but I wasn't thinking. It was kind of just ignorance, I guess. And then um, I would say... I had a little taste of, of like our church, um, the church that I was, when I came to faith, that was part of, which is a Sovereign Grace Church now. Um, I just don't remember us really talking about it. I think they probably talk about it more now, to be honest, but I don't remember them talking about it. I do, at a certain point, remember when we started teaching and stuff, and we actually started seeing some things happen, like good things, and it was like, wow, okay. Um, but there was a big chunk in there I don't remember a whole lot. So it's kind of this, this phases. In that season, when my church started to teach about it, and I started seeing some good things happen, I still was kind of like, I honestly, honestly, was very hesitant. I would say maybe fearfully avoided. Um, even though I knew the Lord was supernatural to save me, but then I, I really questioned or doubted anything that I saw, you know, someone maybe got, you know, like, hey, man, the Lord healed me of this. Oh, okay, did he really heal you? Or did you just have a leg strain, you know, or something like that? Um, so it was a little bit weird. It was weird, a little bit skeptical in that way. And then I, I got invited to go to a, uh, I, so I, we, we used to do music. And at one of our shows or concerts, however you want to put it, uh, a, uh, a, a group of young Pentecostal guys who were on fire for Jesus 
um, came up and, and introduced themselves and wanted to hang out. And, and they ended up inviting me. They had like two or three youth camps or youth rallies. And so they invited me to come and share at those. And, um, and I remember my first experience was wild. <laughs> we go in and they're singing. And the singing one was like, it wasn't, you know, three or four songs. It was like 10 songs, it felt like, you know, it was just going to go on and on and on. And then in one of those songs, they just started repeating. I can't remember the, the exact, but it was like, we run, run, run. And they just repeated, run, run, run. And they started running around the church. And one of them just grabbed me and I'm running. And I remember I just started laughing because it was like, but it was a nervous laugh. It was like, what are we doing? Like, I have no idea why we're running right now. Why are we running, you know? Um, and it was very uncomfortable. And eventually, it was wild. We were at a dinner table, at a big table, and I shared something theologically that I believed, and the entire table was, what are you talking about? And that was it for them with me. Um, so that was a hard, hard time. But it was very interesting. So that, so that made me even more like, Okay, that's not right. That's not, that's not what I see in the Bible. Uh, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, and then as I continued to just grow in the Lord and get, you know, see more things, and I, I personally began to experience the Lord do things in me and through me, and I'll share more of that later. Um, and so it became more of, wow, I, I warmly welcome the, this. I don't warmly welcome the running thing, I probably passionately reject that, to be honest, graciously still, but I definitely warmly welcome the other stuff I began to see. Um, and I'll, So I'll share more about that later. Um, I know someone who, out of a, a fearful avoidance in my family, who I love and I know loves the Lord, she left the church, started searching for a place where there would be nothing remotely about the spirit, essentially, that there would just uh, wouldn't be anything that could possibly make me feel uncomfortable. That people wouldn't be seeking the spirit. People wouldn't be asking the Lord to do amazing things. And now she's in a big church. She can kind of hide away, and she never has to worry about them praying for people on a Sunday. Is that right, though? Is that right? Is that the right response for a Christian in relation to the person and work? of the Holy Spirit? Is that how God wants us to live in relation to the Spirit? Um, we don't want to be people who are motivated more by our experiences or feelings, though I do think that flavors who we are, right? We can't deny our experiences. At the same time, if I went off of my experience in running around a room, and it was a Spanish church, brother, Hispanic church. If I went off my experience and said, well, that's the spirit, that would be wrong. So we can't let our experiences and feelings motivate us, whether negatively or positively. We want to respond according to God's word. J.I. Packer, um, in The Spirit Within You, says this. We, we need, frankly, to recognize that explicit teaching concerning the Holy Spirit leading Christians to appreciate the real significance of his indwelling and to experience the fullness of his power is a sadly rare thing at the present time. Yet the Bible sets forth the bestowal and ministry of the Spirit as the true climax of God's generosity and the supreme glory of this gospel age. The Father, the, the Godhead, gave the Son 
It's a wonderful glimpse of generosity. And then they give the Spirit as this ongoing glimpse of God's generosity to us in the current age until he returns for us. But sadly, it is something that we don't teach on a lot. We're unique in a way, right? You mentioned, you know, you were a kind of charismatic camp, and then you went Calvinist, and then it was like nothing there. And that's what you typically find in the Reformed world. You're either, you're either you know, you're either charismatic in a hard way, you're running around the room, or you're, you know, Reformed or Calvinistic in a hard way, but you're saying, no way. And man, you're, we're people of the word, and we're going to shut anything down of the spirit. And we're not going to talk about healings and all this kinds of stuff. And it feels like you can live in one of those worlds, but really there, there's a balance, and we're going to see that, see that today. We talk a lot about that a lot. I think scripture points that out a lot. Shalom, right? It's this big word, balance. It's this wonderful, peaceful balance of all of life. We need that as a church. We need that as a people, right? Um, some reasons why we need to study the Spirit. We are Trinitarian people. We need the whole God. Scripture consistently reveals God to us as one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If, and if we want God, we must take Him as He wholly is, right? Holy is. Um, if we are to worship Him in His holiness... As set apart and highly exalted, we must receive him in his wholeness. Okay? Second uh, Corinthians 13, 14, Paul essentially maps this out. And I do have lots of scripture because I, the, 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 what you often hear is, in that, in that charismatic Calvinistic argument is, well, one side is our people of the word and the other side are people of the spirit, right? They're people of, of the flame, right? And, and you know what, we wanna be both. And I think, especially in our camp, in, in Sovereign Grace churches, I think you'll find that. We wanna be people who are informed by the word. And so because we are people of the word, we long for the spirit of God because we think that the word sets that out because it's the whole God. Uh, Paul closes this letter essentially in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and he doesn't stop there, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So even in Paul's closing of a letter, it's this Trinitarian, it's the whole God. We need the whole God. The church needs the whole God. The church at Corinth was messed up, right? There's a lot of sanctification needed at the church at Corinth. They need the whole God to inform who they are. Um, Thomas Goodwin, it was in the 1600s, says this, there is a general omission in the saints of God in their not giving the Holy Ghost that glory that is due to his person. The work he doth, he doth for us, there you go, that's the old language there, in its kinds is as great as those of the Father or the Son. Second, we are people of the Word. So why do we need to study the Spirit? We are people of the Word. We need the Spirit's illumination. For, for our souls to be personally affected by the Word of God and to grasp the sound doctrine it teaches, we are dependent upon the Spirit's work to illuminate Scripture to us. All people have need of the Spirit's work of illuminating Scripture in our lives because of the spiritual blindness and hardness of heart of our fallen nature. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, 
that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Okay, we reject the Spirit. If, we, if we're rejecting Him, we can't just say we want part of the Spirit. We're rejecting this type of work too if we reject the Spirit, which is so interesting. It's an it's a interesting dichotomy because we think it's the Word or the Spirit, but really it, it's all together. It's a whole package. He goes on, and, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. I regularly feel this in my preparation for preaching, uh, even in my regular, my regular devotional or reading time. I am dependent upon the Spirit to illumine the Scripture. There are so many times. I mean, I'll tell you, so like this past week, you know, I preached, I mentioned how John 6 is the largest chapter in the New Testament, and so we broke it up. And, well, how did we break it up? Well, through much prayer and looking at the Word and saying, how does this break up? How could we possibly break this up, Lord? Are there truths to be found in each of these sections? How could we do that? And what's, what's there, Lord? And we're just praying. I'm looking at it in my office and just praying, Lord, would you illuminate your word? Would you teach me? Would you show me? Help me to understand. And then it's so cool. I, find, I experience this over and over again in the midst of my weakness, in the midst of my lack of knowledge and understanding. It's like the Lord illuminates things that I never saw there before. It's like, wow. And then I get excited because I feel like the word's just coming out. Well, well is that just because I'm really smart? Well, one, I'm not really smart, so that's a problem. <laughs> is that just because I'm really skilled and I did some schooling and all this and, uh, you know, I know what pericopes and I know what all this... No, no. And I feel like sometimes we could approach even the study of Scripture that way. It's because the Spirit of God is present and near and is illuminating God's Word to His people. Praise God for that. Praise God. Um, I've been in conversations... This is where it's going to be hard. This is where settings like this are really hard for me because I talk. And you guys know me. Rob jokes about this, like that it's like I black out at times. <laughs> I'll black out and just go. And so classes like this where we only have a certain amount of time for a big topic is, are really hard for me. So I'm going to try to stick to my notes. But man, I've had conversations with people who don't believe the Spirit of God is at work. So I, there's even... I'll be careful here, but um, even people who have podcasts and who are making videos on the ceasing of the gifts, I, I was challenged to come on a podcast and debate. That's not my thing. I don't enjoy that. But even one of these guys who's a doctor, smart guy, in conversation it came up about this very topic, praying and asking the Spirit to illumine what's there and all of this. And it's, it's funny how there's just, it's like they know that the Spirit must reveal that, but there's even this rejection. I just remember hearing this guy, <laughs> he says, I've been there, done that, and I'm, I'm, I'm past that. Almost as if we move on. I, I've reached a spiritual maturity where that's what my basis of study of the Word is. It's very interesting, guys. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll keep going here. Uh, three, why do we need the study of the Spirit? We are weak people. We need the Spirit's empowerment. 
We need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives for many reasons, including our growth in Christ, endurance for life in a troubled world, and to use our spiritual gifts to serve others. We need the help of the helper who Jesus said would be sent to his disciples in John 15. Gordon Fee, in his book, God's Empowering Presence, says this, We are not left on our own as far as our relationship with God is concerned. Neither are we left on our own to slug it out in the trenches, as it were, with regard to the Christian life. Life in the present is empowered by the God who dwells among us and in us. As the personal presence of God, the Spirit is not merely some force or influence. The living God is a God of power, and by the Spirit, the power of the living God is present with us and for us. For we are Christ's people. We need the Spirit to exalt Christ. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit is poured out on Christ's disciples, and it's the Spirit who then continues to bear witness to the person and work of Christ through the disciples, building the church, making and maturing disciples, advancing the gospel, and all of it is done in such a way that continues to keep Christ the main thing. The Spirit works in the life of the disciples, growing their knowledge of Christ, deepening their love for Christ, maturing their reflection of Christ, even, even though the Spirit works in different ways, which we will see, His work consistently points to and exalts Christ. And the pathway to being a people who personally make much of Christ in our workplace, in our homes, and in our church is through the power of the Spirit. Well, I'll share more on I'll share more on that in just a moment. J.I. Packer says in, in his book, Keep in Step with the Spirit, says, It is as if the Spirit stands behind us, throwing light over on Jesus, who stands facing us. The Spirit's message to us is never, Look at me, listen to me, come to me and get to know me, but always look at him and see him and see his glory. Get to know him and hear his word. Go to him and have life. Get to know him and taste his gift of joy and peace. All right, that's our first section there.